They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. You can smash. Come on, the flash. The monster mash. You can monster mash. Did the monster mash. Monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. A graveyard smash. Caught on in a flash. Caught on in a flash. They did the monster mash. Monster mash. Welcome to Under the Great Lakes Podcast. My name is Gabe with Ben and Jacob. And we are here for part two of our little horror movie marathon. This episode is coming out a day after our other one, which we've never done two back-to-back episodes. The closest we have was like a few-day gap when we did our Christopher Nolan and Tenet specials. But yeah, this week, or this episode, I should say, we are reviewing our modern-day picks, which is anything post-2000, and that includes Under the Skin, Cabin in the Woods, and Don't Breathe. Ben, you said you wanted to do something today instead of news, because we just did news yesterday. Yeah, I figured, you know, I doubt there was a lot of big news today. I haven't really been on the web that much today, but there's probably not that much. So instead, since we're not really uh, reviewing a few movies I've seen in theaters lately, I thought maybe I'd give my mini-reviews on some horror movies that came out this month in theaters. Perfect. (laughs) Maybe for a minute, Jacob and I could talk about Mandalorian while you sit there and piece it together, Gabe. Okay. So, I saw a movie called The Empty Man this Monday, and I saw... No, what's it called? Come Play. For some reason, I always call it Calm Down, and I wish it was called that. Um, So, I saw The Empty Man and Come Play, and I'm struggling to decide which one's worse. Because these were two god-awful horror movies that came out this this month. We were absolutely spoiled this Halloween. Uh, I think they were like pretty much the only two like horror movies that came out in theaters this year. And they're both like dumb... Invisible Man. They're like a Halloween release. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, not like the whole year. So I, may, I might have just said in theaters, my bad. But you know what I mean, like the October releases... Which sucks, because I wish Freaky came out, because I'm excited for Freaky, actually. And that's coming out in, like, two weeks or something. I think it comes out the same day that Mank is supposed to come out, possibly, in theaters here. Yeah. Let's well, double it up. Mank and Freaky. Double feature. That's a great double feature night. Freaky? I've never even, like, heard of this. What? It's the... It's the body swap movie where a young high school girl swaps bodies with Vince Vaughn's psycho oh oh i don't know uh (laughs) it's gonna be great it's gonna be great and then vince vaughn's psycho killer is in the the teenage girl and she starts like cutting up everyone at her high school and then vince vaughn as the little girl has to like get her body back i don't know it it looks ridiculous it's probably not gonna be good but i see a blast okay yeah that one yeah anyway so the empty man this movie like i could probably do a whole review on it because it's so frustratingly strange and convoluted I was telling Jacob a little bit about it last night, but, like, I went in so blind to this movie. All I knew about it was the poster was just a black background with white letters saying The Empty Man, and the tagline was, first you hear him, then you see him, and then he finds you. That's all I knew, and I was like, this sounds fucking awful. I'm in. Let's go. And, like, it was not anything like what i expected this is a two hour and 17 minute movie that takes itself 100 percent seriously 
there is a, a near 30 minute long prelude in like a, a snowy expedition. And I, we had no idea what was going on. Cause I didn't even see the trailer. I went with Drake and Michelle and they just watched a, a tiny bit of the trailer and it did not take place on a snowy expedition. It was very much in a modern day city. So like 20 minutes into this movie, when it's still in this expedition, they were like, what the hell is going on? Like, are we in the wrong movie? It hadn't even said the title yet. Like it hadn't even said the empty man yet. I don't think the title of the movie came up until 20 to 30 minutes into the movie. It was ridiculous. So there was a long time where we were genuinely concerned we were in the wrong theater. Like, we had to pull up our phones to see that we were in the right theater. Um, and then it just turns into, like, two very conflicting types of horror movies. One that's more of, like, a psychological thriller. One that's just a stupid horror movie about this, like, old folktale about the empty man where you blow into a bottle and think about him and then he's, you start seeing him and he comes after you. And they don't mesh at all even when they try to explain how they mesh it doesn't work it doesn't make any sense and it's just one of the most grueling experiences i think i've ever had in theaters it was so overly long and ridiculous but i think come play was honestly worse because i don't even want to talk about come play that much it's got a jillian jacobs from community as like the main the mother of this child who starts like seeing this weird creature through his phone and it's 100% typical horror movie where almost every decision is frustrating and I hate every single decision from the characters, from the creative team. Like, there isn't a single part of this movie that I like and I really hope everyone goes and sees it. Yeah, that's it. So I should go see these movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want both of your opinions on these movies. (laughs) We'll have an episode about it. You can skip Come Play. I'd rather you see Empty Man just because I could rant about that movie. Come Play, I just don't even... Actually, no, there's one thing I really want to talk about with Come Play. The the main kid, his, like, number one noticeable attribute is that he fucking loves Spongebob. And I loved Spongebob as a kid, so I just kept, <laughs> like, thinking he was me. But in, in an hour and 40-minute movie, I swear to you, I'm not exaggerating. And, like, some people will hear this and be like, oh, that's not that much. But I swear they probably play four full minutes of Spongebob clips over the course of the movie. Like, just four full minutes of just Spongebob. And I'm like, this is... And it's all, like, classic seasons one to three Spongebob. And, like... Dang, grew up on it. Yeah, who (laughs) fucking made this movie? Who fucking grew up on Spongebob and loved it? And he just chose, like, all these classic episodes. And it was just in, like, everywhere around the kid's house. He's got, like, Spongebob plushies and toys. And, like, he calms himself down by humming the Spongebob theme song. I was like, this is so fucking ridiculous. All right, so we should stop this review and then uh, go watch these movies, I guess. But, uh... Yeah, you want to talk about Mandalorian at all? Uh, not for too long. Just, uh, they have the one episode that just came out today. Yeah, I was thinking, toying around with the idea that maybe we'd do, like, a season two review later on, so just give, like, a brief thought on it being back, I guess. Yeah. Um, we were just talking a little bit before, and I was saying that I think it really works well as, like, a standalone episode, but as a premiere, it's, like, it's kind of whatever. It doesn't really continue <laughs> Pretty on. Pretty disappointing. The last episode. I think I just kind of wanted to get to what happened at the last, you know, last season, the last few minutes, but, you know, it'll work up to that again, so. Yeah, I, I'm only hearing, like, universal acclaim for this episode, and I just thought it was very, very average. Like, it was 100% filler, no bearing on the overall story whatsoever, besides introducing Timothy Oliphant's character, 
which like still at this moment it's not like he has anything to do with the larger story so yeah i don't know a lot of episodes have been filler though they potentially shot that last action sequence in imax like that's crazy there's a lot of rumors swirling around that prior to covid they might have intended to screen the premiere in theaters and like put it up in imax theaters i'm like yeah that makes sense knowing the way that they filmed it that would have been pretty cool if they did that yeah, I don't know. It was just a solid action episode, but didn't really have much to do with the larger story, but it was still pretty sweet. I'm still super excited for the rest of the season, but it kind of sucks starting it off on a filler episode, especially because this show's eight episodes per season. Like, you don't need filler. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this should be a show that's, like, all filler or no filler. Like, nothing in between. When you try to do a shuffle of filler and, like, plot episodes, eight's not enough. Eight's not going to cut it. But even still, the first, like, two minutes when it's just, like, him walking into the bar, it just got me so hyped, being like, yeah, the show's back. Like, this is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I did really like the first five minutes. I wish they weren't, like, pretty much all shown in the trailer, but... Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the trailers, so... <laughs> okay. Pretty much that whole, like, scene where they're betting on the fight and the guys betray them, like, that's all in the trailer, so... Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, let's move on from The Mandalorian. It was good. It wasn't great, I didn't think, but I'm happy the show's back. Yeah, it's and, uh, we'll so get- fucking good. We'll get around to it when the sh- when the season ends. We'll we'll get around to it. You loved it. Gabe? I loved it. It's a fucking amazing. It's the best thing Star Wars has ever done. Man, I know how much you love Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's goat. How about this? You watch all nine episode or all nine seasons of Star Wars, or all nine movies, <laughs> all nine movies of Star Wars. Then watch the first season. You got like eight weeks, and then we'll talk about it in an episode. I'm not doing that. It'll be at least so sick. so much to put on Gabe. It's your question today. I've been thinking about different questions, but this one I wanted to keep Halloween centric. So the question that I've been saving, I'll do for the next. So what do you guys look for in a horror movie? Like I know there's a lot of different types of horror movies, and that you know everything's kind of aiming for something different. But what's your favorite kind of horror movie? Like what's generally what you want when you're going in for a horror movie? I what I look for is something that'll make me say what the fuck did i just watch or <laughs> something that'll completely like make me squeamish i like i'm all for paranormal type movies like i love insidious and i love the conjuring movies i don't like the other ones they've made like the nun and annabelle as much but i do like just insidious and i do like the conjuring but i am more so like into movies like hereditary which there's a lot of that movie that goes into what the fuck territory or midsummer as we know because that is just cult stuff and also makes you say what the fuck one of my favorite movies and i would have done this as my choice but i decided not to because i don't know it was like early 2000s and i didn't want people getting it confused with um the remake but Martyrs is one of my favorite movies, and that movie's just fucking brutal. Absolutely brutal. And also, I'm a really big fan of this movie called High Tension, which came out in 2003, which is in the same degree of Martyrs. But yeah, something that makes me kind of squeamish or says, what the fuck? I'm not, like, jump scares are kind of a cheap scare to me, and I do appreciate it, but it hits a point where it gets kind of overdone, and it even though it like it's enjoyable in the moment, it's not something that makes me like a movie more than 
other aspects. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, the more you watch a movie, the less the jump scare is going to scare you. Yeah. When, like, for me, like, I like a lot of atmosphere in horror movies, and those things kind of get creepier, I find, the longer I watch it. I find, like, you gotta, like, earn a jump scare. You can't just keep throwing them out left and right. They lose their their power 100%. Ben, what about you? What do you look for? Uh, I mean, it totally depends on, like, the kind of horror movie, I guess. Like, I love bad, slocky horror. So, like, going and see a movie, like, come play, like, I love that shit. I'm, I see every bad horror movie that comes <laughs> to theaters. I typically see every bad movie slash good movie in theaters regardless. But, like, sometimes there'll be a shitty rom-com that comes out, and I'm like, yeah, I don't need to waste my money on this. But, like, there's very rarely a bad horror movie that comes out that I don't go and see. Because it's just mm-hmm. a blast. But, like, if you mean, like, what do I, I don't know, like, what do I expect out of a great horror movie? Typically, I just think, I just want to be surprised. I feel like horror is such a good... Horror and sci-fi are probably the two best genres to just play with the medium and do whatever they want. Like They can surprise you in any possible way. And horror movies are so by the numbers 99% of the time. And I don't understand. Like This is one of the most creative genres out there. And they're almost always so basic and by the numbers. And you know exactly what's going to happen from the second the film starts to the second the credits roll. And it pisses me off so much. Uh, as for like what scares me, like I feel like yeah, like jump scares and all that doesn't really count. That's all bullshit. Conjuring and all like the Annabelle movies—they're not scary. They're just constant jump scares. Um, something that's like visually unnerving to look at can be interesting, but I, I like—I obviously prefer it if it's like a Jaws concept where you know you don't reveal it too early into the movie. Um, but there, there was honestly one two-minute sequence in The Empty Man that was really cool and really scary, but everything else sucked in that whole movie. But it was, like, the main guys alone in the forest investigating, like, the weird surroundings of the event, and he looks over and he sees, like, 20 or 30 people, like, running around a fire, like, just running around it and chanting. And yeah. when he starts getting closer and starts making noises, like the fire starts to go out and then they all just kind of stop and they all stand still. And then he makes like another noise and they all just like turn and look at him. And then he's like, nah, fuck this and starts running away and they all just start running after him. Like that, that full two minute sequence was like super tense, kept me on my toes. Like I like stuff like that in movies too, but uh, yeah, again, just creativity, something unique out of a horror movie. It's not that hard and it's super rare for some reason. Yeah, I, f- I agree. I always want to see something, like, new. I feel like there's, like, a million slasher movies that's, like, you can't just put out a slasher. It's got to be something different. Like, you got to have a new take on everything. Yeah, I think in but, the... Uh, la- there's a lot of great... Yeah, I was going to... What are you going to say? I, I feel like we were going to say the same thing. Um, <laughs> In the last, like, five years, they've definitely... Or a lot of um directors or a lot of new horror movies have had original takes or even takes, like, simple ideas and make some something fresh compared to what we're used to but i'd I'd say like the future of horror going forward is in a good place than it was 10 years ago because up until about 10 years ago we did just get the same recycled paranormal movie or possession movie and that was what we were accustomed to but now it's you're getting like directors like ari aster bringing like cult stuff that we haven't seen in a while or um jordan peele with his movies or even like uh like i know the directors are doing scream 5 but ready or not was such a simple 
idea, but they made it very unique and fresh for kind of what we're used to. And I think the only other kind of slasher or even like home invasion movie that I remember enjoying recently was You're Next. And I love that movie. And even though that idea has kind of been overdone a lot to this point, I still think it they took it an interesting way. And I think so like going forward in the horror genre, we're in like a pretty good place. It just sucks that things are the way they are right now, because I'm sure at this point we would have had at least more news on upcoming horror movies or even gone other releases that who knows they might not have announced yet because they know they don't know when they can release it. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of like great like horror directors right now. In the last few years it's definitely feel like it's kind of picked up a little bit. We've had a lot of classics the last few years. You guys have much to say on it anymore? I'd say yeah, for me it's just kind of I like atmosphere a lot. I agree, I like something that kinda sticks in your thoughts and is disturbing. Here's a quick rapid question. I'm gonna ask this because I was gonna ask it yesterday and then I switched my question um before we started recording (laughs) was who do you think the most iconic horror face as in character was do you think it's like like examples like freddy krueger jason Voorhees, michael myers like like who do i think universally is recognized or who do i like the most Mm, let's go with who do you like the most well most recognized i don't know i'd say maybe like maybe jason Voorhees or michael myers Mm-hmm. And then who's my favorite? I don't know. I like Ash. <laughs> Evil Dead. No, but that's not... I don't know if that's my answer, though. You guys answer. I'll, I'll keep thinking I feel like I it. just had this conversation in a group chat with my friends, and I don't even remember. What, I would say probably... It's weird, because I, I like to say Jason or Michael Myers, but they get mixed up a lot also by, like, non-fans. So maybe they aren't the right answer. I want to say a curveball. Um, what I think is most recognized, I feel like Chucky is up there with one of the most because... Yeah, just because he's so obviously like unique, right? Like you couldn't get him confused with anything yeah. else. But my favorite is like Leatherface. We kind of glossed over that yesterday. Can I say the Xenomorph? Sure. If that's your favorite. No, Leatherface is a good one, actually. I don't know. I've never really like thought about this. Like my favorite, because like the Xenomorph sick, but I'm not really scared of it. It's just kind of more entertaining. Yo, have you seen that behind the scenes footage of the guy who played the first Xenomorph and Alien, just like walking around, like roaming without the full costume on? It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I watched a video though of uh, behind the scenes of Alien Three. There's a scene of like the Xenomorph, and the guy's got like his head down in between his legs, just like looks stressed out. It's really funny. <laughs> I'd say modern day, maybe Pennywise is the most recognized, but people don't call him Recognizable? Pennywise. Yeah. They say, oh, it's the clown, <laughs> the clown from, from it. it. <laughs> yeah. I do love Ghostface. That was a good one, too. That's, I think that's like, that might also be one of the most common, because even if you go to like Walmart or stuff, like you just see that mask everywhere. Just that mm-hmm. mask. That and Jason, but they're not labeled as. Well, what came first? The mask or. Or the movie. I mean, in the, well, in the what if they? I don't. I don't know. In the maybe. sense of like Friday the Thirteenth, the mask dicks. It's like an old hawk mask, but he didn't get the I, mask I until the like Scream mask was made for Scream. Yeah, the Jason didn't get his mask till what? Friday the Thirteenth, like part three, two. 
think part three. He didn't have it in part two at all? He might have. I, like, I can't remember if it was part two or three because he had the trash bag mask before. Maybe it is part three. I don't know. You know what? My answer is just Patrick Wilson. Not like any character <laughs> in particular. But it's just Patrick yeah, Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Is the, he is the face of horror. Now, I just watched Honestly, uh, Bone though. Tomahawk with him in it. That movie's fucking brutal. Oh, he's in that? Yeah, yeah. He's Him and Kurt Russell are fucking great in that movie. It's kind of a slow burn. Yeah, you were telling me about it. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, it, Matthew Fox is in it, so mm-hmm. I, I have to see it. It's a it's a slow burn at the beginning, like a slow burn Western. Definitely, you're going to have to like push yourself to kind of keep up with it, but the last like 40 minutes of that movie are absolutely fucking brutal like there okay. it is ridiculous but it is a good western i'd say it's more western that's con- labeled as a horror but i'd say it's more western yeah thriller. it's a horror western yeah but i'll check that eventually yeah so you guys uh yeah want to talk about the movies sure okay we did my we did an order of mine yesterday so we're not gonna do that we're gonna do gabe's movie first we're, i just went chronologically all right and if it's chronologically again, then yeah, it is mine. So it'd okay. be mine, then yours, that's then fair. Ben's. So all right, that's fair. Starting off with cabin, the cabin in the woods, which is a 2011 film. It is directed by Drew Goddard, who has a pretty decent filmography. Yes, yeah, I have it up here. It's 2011, 2012. Yeah, I guess it was at like a film festival, December 2011. I hate that shit. He's got a, a odd filmography. He wrote for Lost at one point. Did Daredevil. Uh, Bad Times at El Royale. And the screenplay was written by him, but also had Joss Whedon as one of the writers of the screenplay. So everyone's this movie's cursed. Everyone's favorite fucking movie ruiner, Joss Whedon. Back when everyone talked about them. <laughs> And then the only recognizable person in this movie that I can name is Chris Hemsworth. Oh, and um, what's his name? Richard Sigourney Jenkins? Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, there's a few people. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Williams. Bradley Whitford. Oh, right. Sigourney Weaver. Is, I forgot about Sigourney Yeah, there's, there's a decent cast in here. Yeah. yeah I mean, is. no one really knew who Jesse Williams was at the time, but I don't know if you guys have played Detroit becoming human but he's like the main guy from that oh he is i just watched noel miller play through it on youtube so was this the same year as thor as well when did thor come out thor was may 2011 this is april 2012 so yeah he was on the come up as well it's also the same year he was in it's like two months or it's one month away from avengers coming out so like he's big you know like he's out there yeah yeah so what do you guys think about this movie yeah, this is what I was going to talk about in the chat before we started recording. Because I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Probably, I don't know, I think I've seen it outside of theaters. I saw it twice in theaters, and I want to say I've seen it once, maybe like a year or two later. But it's it's been at least six years since I've seen it. I say disclaimer, Ben literally just watched this movie. Yeah, the second it ended, I came on to record. Because I was slacking hard. Yeah, fuck you, Jacob. This movie's great. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah, I don't know. I I really liked it the first time I watched it, and this time I was just kind of like bored throughout it, and I felt like 
everything that I was doing, I feel like it's been kind of done by Scream and better by Scream. Like, it was more effective as a comedy, more effective as a horror in Scream. And this one just kind of falls flat a lot of the time for me. Nah. I think I do prefer Scream, but I also, but you don't even like Scream that much, so, like, I. I know, I don't even like Scream that much. I love <laughs> the whole franchise. I think the first one's one of the best horror movies. Um, but I feel like this takes that concept. It's also really funny that this comes out a month after the Hunger Games did. Because I'd say it's more like the horror Hunger Games than it is Scream. Like, it's. I think it, it takes a lot of those ideas and matches them together really well. My main issue with this movie is that for the first, like, two thirds of it, um, when you're actually with the main five people in the cabin, I wish it wasn't the zombie hillbilly family, like the redneck zombies. Like, that's such a boring choice. And I know the idea is, like, they can choose what, and it could have been a totally different movie if they chose a different artifact, but I, I wish they just chose a more interesting starter one. Do feel like if you've seen this movie before, you're kind of waiting for that final half an hour. Um, but I, I still think it's it's really like I think the the subplot of all the people who are working for the gods or whatever, like they're they're the best part of the movie. They're so funny. Yeah, I yeah, Gabe. What you... I mean, I love this movie. I think like I remember um, watching it and the first time in theaters, and definitely wasn't what i was ex- expecting and i'm sure that caught like I most people rewatch a trailer because i forget how, I, but i remember this movie wasn't really marketed as a comedy i thought it was a by the numbers horror and i was totally caught off guard yeah i get like it does do stuff it's like similar stuff like what's it's trying to say the same things like scream was trying to say kind of making a mockery of this of the horror genre but at the same time it does it in a different way like scream does it for the slasher film well this is doing it for the typical like college students get a cabin in the woods type deal or they go somewhere secluded and it's just all this shit's happening to them and it the, in their eyes it's just a coincidence but then you're seeing kind of like an outside view of you know what is it is it possible that people set this shit up which is kind of the running joke and yeah, pay off yeah, i also end. feel like a, a lot of the greatness of scream is that it's a, a very grounded film that like even though it's ridiculous and it kind of follows the formula of slasher films it's a it's a movie that could happen and the killer is always just a regular person like right. one of the things I love about scream is like ghostface killer is always tripping over stuff and like clumsy and falling he's not a trained assassin you shoot him in the face he's dead he's not jason he's not going to come back and kill everyone still like but this movie like in scream you're never going to see like a CGI man bat crash through glass or a giant like Hellraiser type character come out of the movie and start killing people. You're never going to see a CGI snake or a Pennywise the clown. Like this movie is just insane in the final half an hour and it gives you such a good like mashup of everything horror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing is I like, I like the last half hour, but I feel like with this movie, it doesn't really work like at all as a horror movie when I feel like there are better horror comedies that kind of mesh horror and comedy in better ways and more like surprising ways where like i love all the interactions between uh richard jenkins and bradley whitford but i feel like a lot of their interactions kind of like undermine the main story and like it it loses a lot of the surprise from it like the biggest example that kind of bothered me was there's this one shot where uh so when they first get into the cabin, there's a, like a bird that goes into the minefield or into the field or whatever, and it blows up. 
it's like i just feel like that scene would have been so much funnier and more effective later on with the jump this is a little bit of a spoiler alert right now getting right into it he's nine years old if you haven't seen it yet and you're a fan of yeah if you haven't seen this movie at this point what are you doing like there's a scene when chris hemsworth jumps off into the cliff I think it just would have been more effective if you didn't know the field's like there because we've already seen the bird. I was thinking about that too in this rewatch, and I feel like it's it's one of those one that they set it up very quickly without explaining it very early on in the movie, and I think a lot of people would just kind of forget about that in the moment. And I don't know if it would really work as well just as a shock if there wasn't that setup. It's like, oh, they're fucking in a force field? Like, where did that come from? Like, there'd be a lot of those complaints otherwise. But at the same time, you already have the, the side plot. It's kind of already introduced everything at that point. I, I think for a casual viewer, it definitely works better the way that it's set up. And I don't hate the way it's set up, because I even knowing it was coming on a rewatch, even I haven't seen it in, like again, like six, seven years, and I know that scene's coming. But the whole buildup with his speech is still so funny. Like, it doesn't matter because, you know, they don't know. They have no idea. So it's it's the buildup to that shock and like the actual reactions is what makes that scene great. Yeah, I think I don't know what kind of bothers me with the movie is that like the first half, you're kind of like in the perspective of the people in the laboratory and you're kind of watching it with them. But then in the last like 20 minutes of the movie, it kind of asks you to like sympathize with the characters. And I'm like, I just don't care about anybody in this movie like if they die or live like it means nothing to me you know and like i like the way that they play off how like shallow their characters are and like they kind of write it off by saying like they've been using like mind altering drugs and stuff like that on them but i don't know it doesn't excuse them from being like just kind of shitty boring characters for me no honestly i love that part of it i think it's really funny too that like chris hemsworth is supposed to be the athlete like jock character he is like a super he he could have been the scholar for all we know like when the little tidbits of information we actually get on who he was like prior to the movie we know that he is a scholar he's super smart uh, but like he also seems like a jock too though you know they don't seem like that different we know chris hemsworth though and i no, but i feel like they don't seem that different from when they go in the cabin and from when they start getting like drugged and changing or whatever uh yeah but even like they said before that like, they put drugs in the, the hair dye for the blonde to make her a dumb blonde. And they they said they tried to lace the guy's weed or whatever. So, like, I'm, I'm assuming the second we see these characters, they've already been messed with. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I, I don't really buy into that. I feel like we, it goes a little far. We don't get their personalities outside of tidbits of information from their past. So they are already supposed to be just the archetypes by the time we see them. I think it would have been more interesting to see them, like, become archetypes and start slowly going to those because they have the one line where um marty says like i don't know man everyone's acting weird don't you notice and it's like honestly like they're acting kind of just what i would expect them to at this point because of how they're they've been established yeah like i i agree that would be more interesting if it was like maybe an hour and 50 minutes instead of an hour and a half and they could have like given us some like look into this time to see them kind of change a little bit yeah but i don't think it's like a point against the movie that they did no i know i just think it'd be i think it'd be better to see them like that rather than just have them be one-dimensional characters and then that's kind of just it because like a lot of the things like they do in this movie are they just kind of talk about horror tropes and they make a joke about it and they still do it and it's like well you're not really like writing it into your story in like a really great way you're just kind of 
commenting on it, and then that's it. That's it. Like it's done. Well, I like. I really like the part where Hemsworth kind of takes charge, and he's like, "Let's all like border up every door, every window, stick together, like don't leave our side. All gather up in one room." And then they're like, "Oh fuck, man! Like I think it's wearing off." He's kind of getting smart again, and they put the like the drug, they kind of admit the drugs into the room again, and he's like, "Wait, no, we need to split up." And everyone's like, "Yeah, let's let's split up." And Marty's like, "What? Are you serious?" Yeah. <laughs> the one, the one I really liked actually though is um. He's holding the knife, and there's like a little electric shock, and he just drops it and keeps walking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like why do people drop knives in horror movies? Like that's perfect. They just got a little electric shock. <laughs> the one thing I want to say is when I decided to ch- take this movie, you didn't think it would be considered a horror, and uh, after I watched it again recently, like I don't know how you st- don't think it would be considered a horror. Like it's no, horror. no, it's it's definitely like a horror comedy. I just thought we were going for straight like horror movies and then he picks under the skin okay well that's that's still considered a horror but i'd say that one's yeah watching it again i'd say it's closer to a thriller but people still consider it a horror a drama <sighs> get out of here <laughs> um do you guys got anything left to say about the cabin in the woods like i don't i like i adore this movie i just think it's a good time and sometimes that's kind of what i want with my horror movies and as i said with your question like I kind of want like what the fuck moments and that last 30 minutes where you just see every type of monster kill people. I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, that's what I kind of look forward to. I really enjoy the last half hour. It's pretty fun. Oh, I also love the the Japan subplot. So good. Oh, actually, that's that's a, probably my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> they come back, they, sh- they shoot back to it and they're all like just like putting the monster away, the ghost away. It's a happy frog. It's so funny. Yeah. A happy frog. That's great. The, like, the poltergeist is just like turning into some weird spiritual frog. They're all just happy and chanting around it. Mm-hmm. That was one thing that was really that I do enjoy about this movie is that it's no, this isn't just like a one one off like every so often they locate on like one group of like US people. This is just globally. This just happens all over. So it's not like just um targeted attacks like they just this is i guess their job and this is just what they fucking do just fuck with people all over the world and they kind of compete against other departments or other yeah, they countries compete. <laughs> yeah i love how like they know it's the fate of the world but um i, f- I think it's richard jenkins character at one point where he's like yeah i fucking hope the the japanese just fucking bomb this year and we can really like we can really impress and then bradley whitford's like man like I, I I just hope that we all make it through. Like I don't know why you'd care. Like I I want to do our best, <laughs> but like now, nah, like we we kind of need one of us to pull through. All right, are we rating these movies again? Yeah, sure. I don't care. Seven out of ten. Seven and a half. Eight eight. Seven seven point seven five <laughs> out of ten. Like yeah, it's not a perfect higher higher. like mocking of this stuff like what scream does but i still enjoy this movie it's still great and it gives me like a lot of laughs i'm pretty much exactly where you are like i have it out of three and a half out of five on letterboxd but it's that's my biggest issue with rating on letterboxd is the difference between a three and a half and a four is so like i always want to put a movie right in between and i can't so this one would fall right in between for me like i don't but you, you can't on imdb either you can't put it a 7.5 or an 8 i don't know why this is such like a big deal because well, it's only out of five it's not out of 10. But, like, 
you can do halves, so it goes out to ten. I don't write on IMDb, so I don't know. Yeah, you can't do not seven and a half on. Seven and a half. No, the score can be like the whatever the aggregate is can be. Yeah, you can't do in halves. That's also stupid. Yeah, no. Sometimes I like just rate closer towards what I feel it is because like rarely do you ever just feel like something's in the middle of a number. Like you're always sometimes there's a movie where you're like, oh, this is so close to being a ten, but it's not, and then you're just like, I'll just throw it as a ten because. That's how I feel about it. It's closer than a nine kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I, I think this movie's a blast. It's really fun. I love the merman scene. Honestly, Bradley Actually, Bradley, that scene's really Bradley funny. Bradley Whipper gets, like, <laughs> all the best parts, pretty much. I love right after. Yeah, their two characters are probably my favorite part, for sure. I love right after the Japan plan goes awry, and he's just, like, looking at all the nine-year-old Japanese girls. He's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, I'd give it a... 5 out of 10. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's, I, don't know. I didn't really get anything out of it this time. I didn't get anything out of it this time. It was just kind of... It, it thought it was uh, too... I thought it felt too self-aware. It could have done a little bit better with a little bit of a restriction. I don't think Jacob knows how to have fun with movies anymore. I know, right? No, I don't know. It could have had a bit more restraint. I think it would have been a lot funnier and more effective. Oh, though, I'm mad at you. I mean, I like horror comedies. Just I've seen better ones. Yeah, but what's Evil Dead to you? What's Evil Dead Two to you? A better horror comedy. Well, it's uh, <laughs> a perfect film for you. Hell yeah! Yeah, so you're saying, like, I agree, it's a way better movie than Cabin in the Woods. But like, if Evil Dead Two is a ten out of ten, this is not a fucking. They're five. both going for totally different things, buddy. No, no, you were just rating oh, horror want comedies, it? you know. Okay, we're moving yeah, on. Yeah, but they're not we're like going on. for the we're exact same. I'm cutting this. I'm cutting this. All right, we're all right. going to a short. constant loop. Moving on um, to Jacob's pick. He chose Under the Skin, which is a sci-fi drama. <laughs> That's what it says on here, so I'm counting it. But it's fine. It was his choice. So I will I will comply. It is directed by Jonathan Glazier, and it stars Scarlett Johansson. I guess I'll start because I'm already talking. Oh yeah, it was made. I say IMDb says drama, horror, sci-fi. Well, I'm looking at a sci-fi drama here. It's not a pure horror. Initial release came really out thing. March 2014 in the UK. Um, I'm not quite sure when it hit North America. You know, where I will give it this. This is this is my quick thing about it because I'll just keep referring back to this, so I might as well just say it now. I liked every technical thing about this movie as far as how it was shot how it looks the sound i just wasn't a fan of just the movie in general if that makes sense like i thought the sound design was really cool with certain when certain scenes rose and i thought like filming it where they did in scotland was fucking cool except the beginnings filmed in toronto which was in i was like this looks oh really yeah the, it was filmed in the eden center which she's walking through the mall Cause I was like, this looks like. Oh, I actually didn't know that. I was like, this looks like the Eden Center, and then I see the like the uh, what is it? I think it's an Abercrombie and Fitch like storefront, and I was like, that's that's the Eden Center. Because I also saw the Claire's, and I was like, Claire's is a North American thing. This isn't a UK thing. And I mean, no dialogue for the first thirteen minutes of this movie. I was trying to kind of like figure out, aside from how 
the city looked and what side of the road they were driving on and like where the steering wheel was. I kind of figured it was in the UK or in a surrounding European country, but I couldn't quite figure it out. But yeah, everything like the shooting locations, like it looked beautiful and it was like good for them for filming like on location because I did do my research on it about where they shot and stuff because I was curious about that opening scene. But as far as like the story stuff goes and I, I don't know I just wasn't into it as much as I wanted to and I really wanted to like this movie watching it and I just could not get into it before I say anything Ben uh, how do you how do you feel about it I'm probably somewhere between the two of you on this movie like I, I really like this movie I think it's great but I I've talked to you about it, Jacob and I've talked to some other people about it that like acclaim this movie is like perfect it's incredible and I think Maybe Gabe's not giving it enough credit, but I think people like you just kind of for, don't pay <laughs> attention to the faults at all. The first half an hour is super interesting, tonally speaking. And like, I haven't, I tried looking into it. I couldn't find, I didn't like take time looking into it, but you were telling me that some of the scenes where she's in the van are like actually real and she's talking to random strangers. I didn't, I don't know yeah. if that's for sure true, but if that is true, that's super cool. No, yeah, yeah, it's true. She was just picking up random people and had a, it was like a 10 camera set up in the, in the van and they were all hidden. Yeah, that is really interesting. Again, I think it's one of those ones though where it's like, you can't expect your audience to, to go researching that in order to make it cooler. I think it definitely shows. I don't think that, I think it makes it cooler, but at the same time, I don't think it's like dependent yeah, on, on that knowledge. I don't knowledge. think it's one of those ones either. It definitely heightens it a little bit. But you can kind of tell, like, once you told me that, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Like, there was something a little off with those scenes, or a little not, like, it was almost not off. Like, it was almost too realistic, and then when you said that, I was like, yeah, that actually makes sense. It's crazy that they were able to convince those two people to also come back for the Void scenes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, technically speaking, I love this movie. I immediately downloaded the score on my phone right when I got off. It's probably one of my top ten favorite horror scores of all time. But yeah, like plot-wise, I think uh, it was very slow, and up until the last ten minutes prior to that, the like the whole last twenty thirty minutes of the movie, got I got nothing out of it. Like once there's the scene with the the disfigured guy in the car, from that point until the last five minutes, there's nothing interesting in that movie. Really? Yeah, I guess the, the cake scene, sure, I guess, but even then, it's whatever. Everything in the void is incredible. It's super cool, super interesting. I love the concept. I really love in that twenty to thirty minutes that I'm not a big fan of. I think the tone is consistent throughout the entire film, and I love what the, I love what they achieve with this movie. I also think that people overhype Johansson's performance. I don't know. Like I guess it's hard. To I, don't, say. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's incredible or anything, but I think it kind of plays to her strengths in a way. Where it's like the parts where she feels kind of superficial and flirting, like they do feel a little off because I don't think she's the best actress, but it kind of works because this is somebody who isn't fully human and doesn't really understand <laughs> like human behavior. So it kind of is a little off at all times. Yeah, but like that's not, that's a very rare opinion that she's not that great an actress. Like people say she's like one of the best actresses of our time. I think she's gotten better, but do you guys think no. she's like incredible in movies? Like I don't, no, I don't know. I think she's, I think she's a good actress. Like there hasn't been, there's been very few things I've seen her in there. I'm just like, oh, she's awful, or 
terrible. Like I, li- I liked her in JoJo. I never Rapid. thought she was awful. I don't think oh, she yeah. has a lot of range. No, and I, th- I feel like yeah. she thinks she does, but I don't see it. Like yeah. I don't like. Let's go tell her that. I say I appreciate though that she like you know takes a lot of risks in her career. Not like risks because she's so big, but she does a lot of different movies in her career. You know. She'll go from something huge to something small. I didn't think her accent was all that good in this movie. She was supposed to do like a British accent or something. Like I didn't think it was good. Thought it was kind of mean. really. I didn't think I didn't even like know she was doing an accent. I also really love the opening five minutes of this movie. It's super interesting. There's a lot of yeah. questions when it's like when it's like her voice like assembling words and trying to make a learn patterns of speech and stuff like that yeah just the scene in the white void where she's like taking on the the form yeah i heard a theory i never even like really thought about it was that the person that she's like taking in the first void was the the alien that was there before and that like the same thing kind of happened to her where she kind of became a bit too human and you know started caring for people and they they killed her and it's like she's kind of ending the loop it's like, oh, I never even, like, thought of that. I just thought it was just some person that or they is found. Is she continuing it? Well, no, she dies. And they don't find her, though. I think they do find her. No, I, I thought the last shot's supposed to be kind of, like, him lost, not finding her at all. Like, the motorcyclist? I did not take that. I guess it's a little bit of spoiler territory. The pillar of smoke. <laughs> Does he see the pillar of smoke? I thought that was, like, a different shot. I thought he was kind of just... There's a long shot of it, but it doesn't look like he's around there or anything. I don't know. I th- I'm pretty sure he's in like a forest mountain type background. I think he found her, but I don't know. Okay, well then they continue the loop then. But I do like that. So I, I, thought- I, I thought it was just kind of like someone died at the beginning and they took this dead body to take the form of her, but like they don't explain that at all and it doesn't really make sense why this motorcyclist just knew she was in the ditch there. So that would make more sense if it yeah. was a different alien. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, what I really like about this movie, though, is, like, like we were saying, there's not a lot of dialogue. And it's because, like, all the story is just told visually, so you kind of have to try to, like, figure out the world as if you're Laura, you know? That's the the name of her character, it's Laura, so I'm just going to start saying Laura. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they ever say it, but I just keep on seeing that name attached to the character, so. Yeah, there's only one name in this movie. I think Andrew is the name? I don't want to... Yeah, Andrew, which is oh, it's just like a victim. <laughs> which, which, yeah, I'm trying to think which guy he Does is. Does he just say like my name is Andrew or something? Yeah, I think. Hold on, I'm gonna look this up while you keep talking. Yeah, so like no no exposition is really given in the movie, and it's all just like left up to the viewer to kind of try to figure it out and piece it together, just like she is, and like I I don't know. I really think the second half is actually like. I always think the first half is probably my favorite half is just where she's going, like, stalking people. But the second half where she's really on her own and uh, trying to become human, I think it's, I think it's really interesting stuff. One thing I, I noticed this time just going through was um, the first half she always wears, like, the fur coat, which I thought is, like, a funny little prop or, like, a costume choice in itself. But then the second half she takes it off and she's kind of goes back to looking like innocent like the pink shirt and blue jeans just being like a regular person seemed like you're gonna say something andrew is the first victim in this 
And I guess he gets a name because if the thing about them, like, kind of taking people off the street and then he accidentally said it while they were doing that, so then they're like, okay, now we got to, like... <laughs> now he's, now yeah, he's Andrew. At the same time, I'm looking at the people cast in this movie and they're all actors. Like, they've all had roles in movies or TV shows prior to this Oh, one. yeah, really? So at, now I'm... Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking, like... So... Are they, like, real? Like, or is this just off the street? Well, I don't know. Like, this guy here says first victim. It says this is the only movie he's ever done. Where's the second victim on here? Is it just Andrew? Yeah, it's okay, his yeah. only credit as well, this movie. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, a lot of the the people that attack the van and stuff like that, those are probably, like, all all fake, of course. Yeah. Well, that would just be uh, scary and... Scarlett Johansson's case, and if that was a real thing, and then props to her for keeping her cool in that scene, if that was real. <laughs> but like, it's definitely not real. I say I could see people thinking like it's a little gimmicky, but I think there's nothing worse that would ruin the movie than having a big actor kind of come in in the movie at this point and be a victim. Like, I think it would just be too weird seeing somebody. Like, there's a, it's really good that everyone's so unrecognizable to this movie, and like you know. If they cast maybe an actor, you go off and become huge. There's potential. So I think it works better not really knowing these people at all. Like, I don't really have much more to say other than what you guys have said, but I'll just kind of summarize. Like, I I don't not like this movie. Like, I do enjoy it um, for how it's, like, how it was made and the sound and everything. I thought that was really cool and captivating just as far as, like, like Ben said, the everything towards the end of that movie i just completely like lost interest and i just i I, like i i kind of found myself like saying like how long is left like where does this movie go now sort of and like i could i appreciate this movie and i can understand why a lot of people adore this movie and love it um but i'm just not like super like head over here or whatever Uh, i'm not just super in love with this movie that's what i'm trying to say it is a kind of, what could you say, like unsettling in some parts because you're just kind of, at like certain parts of the movie, since the, there's like minimal dialogue, you're kind of trying to, you're trying to piece together what is going on and kind of understand like who Laura is or what Laura's doing or where she's going because it's just constant direction after direction, like how to get here, how to get here. And before you kind of realize what this, where this movie's going, like you're, trying to figure out why she's asking all these strangers things and why they are in the void like this is the first time i watched this movie so obviously after second if i I probably will go back and watch it again in the near future and kind of break down more stuff on it rather than just taking it at face value for what it is off one watch but yeah i think it's a movie that'll probably sit better with me with time i do really like it though i just think it's not perfect by any means uh, I was just reading an interesting thing about it, actually. Uh, Adam Pearson, the the man with I don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna botch this up one second. Neurofibromatosis. He's credited as the deformed man. I guess he's been on like different productions before, but never as an actor. And he was on some documentary series about people with like the same 
like I, that also have neurofibromatosis or like any kind of disfigured body. Um, but apparently he like gave tips to Scarlett Johansson and the writer on how you could lure someone like him in. And they used it for the movie. And I'm like, that's both really interesting and really sad. But that's kind of cool. They're like, the fact that he was saying, like, what what is something that someone like I would really get lured into easily because of the prejudices against me? So it's kind of cool that they, like, asked him that specifically and took that into consideration. Yeah. Yeah, and he does great in the movie, too. Like, he's he's only in it for a few minutes, but you really wanted to make it out. <laughs> I feel bad for him. It's weird because, like, at that point, I don't really care for any of the other people dying. But once he kind of comes in, I'm just like, I don't. I don't know if this guy deserves to die. I was saying to Jacob while we were watching it, Gabe, do you think it's kind of interesting that Scarlett Johansson basically plays a Black Widow in this movie? <laughs> you know, I will say this as well. Um, the ending when she's in the forest, like that one was like kind of like peeling off the 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 costume, you could say, the skin. What's under the skin, you could say, was it? <laughs> Was interesting and I enjoyed that. Yeah, that, that scene's amazing. Cool. I love that entire but yeah. sequence. Yeah, yeah, it's creepy as hell. That scene looks incredible. Yeah, it is creepy. It's really cool though. All right, I'm gonna rate this movie and then I'll I'll say this one comment. This is because I know I said like, is it a horror or is it a sci-fi or is it a drama? This is as much of a horror sci-fi as like I'd say to compare it to something is like Possessor in my opinion because possessor wasn't a horror as much as i expected it to be but it was still creepy and i think that's what this movie has going for it too it is like it's some of its visuals are very chilling and haunting especially in there's the one scene in the void or like when they're under like water and like this person just like pops like a balloon yeah that's that scene freaks like, that, me out. that whole thing is kind of creepy but i'd say it's as much of like a horror but more sci-fi as like possessor is to compare to something recent that we all saw i'd give it you know i like on my thing i have it as a three this is like one i'd give it closer to a seven but i like i've only watched it once so i'm sure if i went back it'd probably be pushed up higher but i mean i watched it on my phone on my way home on an airplane oh, that's so what do you want not the way to do it i didn't get like the full effect <laughs> What do you want me to do, all right? I didn't just wait till we get home. <laughs> well, if I wait until we go home, I wouldn't have had time. Yeah, I'll give a, I'll give a little thing because I haven't really gotten too much into this movie. But yeah, I think it's one of the movies that like just looks, like we were saying, looks completely beautiful. And the way that they're shooting it is just like adds to the movie in a, a lot of visceral ways. Where like just all the scenes in her in the van, they're all kind of shot. A lot of them are shot from like behind the shoulders and stuff like that. So you're kind of like scanning the environment like with her. And then like once they get into the into the van, a lot of it's just like medium shots. So you're kind of like studying their bodies and stuff like that. And then with uh, the deformed man, it starts going into close-ups because obviously she's studying his face. She can't get like a good read on what he's thinking. But she can kind of still understand how he's feeling. It's just, uh, yeah, a lot of the ways that they shoot it, it's just really cool. A lot of long shots. And I'm a big sucker for those because it kind of makes you feel like you're an observer through through all of this just like she is so it's uh it's very effective and one of my favorite things about it like ben mentioned music's incredible it's uh it's honestly one of my favorite movies i've seen in recent memory 
and um yeah i i love it i'd i'd give this one a, a 10 out of 10 yeah i i think it's great uh it's definitely not a 10 out of 10 100 percent not a 10 out of 10 <laughs> well, well like what do you like like not like about the last half hour so much yeah like especially as a horror movie there's no horror aspects to that entire half an hour block from when she meets the deformed man to when she goes to the forest by herself but there's not a single horror aspect i feel like it. you shouldn't have gone in though i shouldn't have made you think it was going to be a full horror movie because it's definitely just like horror aspects. My issue with this. i do think those aspects are the most interesting part of the movie uh because she's obviously not characterized well which is kind of point of the movie i feel like the 20 minute sequence of her trying to kind of be human there's you know there's multiple ways they could have taken it they could have taken it like not that any of these other ways would have been better but i feel like if you're gonna try to do a scene a giant sequence like that like either really try to flesh her out and humanize her, give her some character, or make it a bit more lighthearted with more stuff like the cake, because she tries to eat the cake and she just can't stomach it, like she hates it. But, like, they didn't do anything interesting with it. It's just really slow. Nothing happens. The guy who's chasing her isn't even, like, seen for this. Not that I like him, but, like, it's like he was chasing after her after that, and then you don't see him again till the very ending, like... I don't like anything about that 20 minutes of the movie. Possibly 30. What do you mean where, like, she goes to sleep and then he no, comes probably back? Tomorrow. What do you mean? Like, is that the, the guy you mean? When she goes to sleep and then he comes back or whatever? The motorcycle guy? Oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, the rapist at the end. No, no, yeah. Once, once she leaves after trying to have sex with the guy and goes into the forest, I love that whole final 10 minutes. But, like, the 20 minutes with the guy on the bus is super boring and uninteresting. I don't know. I don't mind it. I like that it's kind of her trying to understand the love and just being completely confused by it. And so much so that she's like confused at how her body works and doesn't understand it. But yeah, yet. overall, I think it's great. I think it goes for one very specific tone and it sticks to it and it's really unnerving and interesting. It's definitely not a horror movie, but it's it is great. Like I gave it a 4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I think it's one of the best horror scores of all time. Uh, it's. I think it's one of those movies that's like pure aesthetic to me, though. Like, there's not much past the themes and the visuals. Really? Like, if you actually, I was gonna say, get it as there's there's like a lot of theories on this movie. Like, I thought they were pretty interesting. Like the the main one is obviously it doesn't present you with any information. No, but I'd say there is definitely good ideas of what the movie is trying to go for. Like, the main one is obviously her trying to understand what it is to be human. That's just kind of the main plot. But then the first half, like, it's kind of like a commentary on like rape culture and her trying to like unlearn you know the behaviors of rape culture but it's kind of switched perspectives but the director specifically say that it's not that though but people took that out of it anyway Did he actually i think so maybe he's just trying to be like i don't want it to be this one thing you know to kind of give your own impression of what it is yeah but that again i totally agree with that but that's in the first half of the movie where it's more interesting. Like, I don't really get anything. It's just, I, I love this movie. I just don't get anything out of that 20 minutes. And it really slowed down the movie for me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't mind it, because that's kind of like the, the peak of when she's trying to understand herself. You know, she has sex with a guy. I think looks you were saying before that people online often say this would be a better short film. Yeah. I think it'd be a perfect short film. I think it would be a better, shorter film. But it's still great as it is. I just would prefer a better cut of this film. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, for me, I don't really like mine because I, I don't think it goes on too long. But 
I know, I know the if parts that like you mean do feel. Short film, though, I think it'd be perfect. Yeah, for me, some parts kind of feel slow, but I think it kind of adds to a uh, to the mood it's going for personally. But yeah, let's not continue on with this one too long. We still got another movie. Now we're done. Yeah. All right. So that was Under the Skin, which is Jacob's pick. And now for Ben's pick, the final movie of our horror marathon, it is 2016's Don't Breathe, which is directed by, is it Fetty or Fede? That was Fede. First name? Fe- no, Fede. It's not Fede. Well, there's a Fede D. Fede Alvarez. F-E-D. Right? Fede yeah. Alvarez? Yeah, Fede Alvarez. Fede Who also directed one of... What? Oh, shit, I'm pushing to talk. Sorry, Federico is his full name. Oh, Federico. All right. Um, he also directed one of my personal favorite horror movies the last 10 years with the reboot of The Evil Dead. I just love it for watching it, not so much for what it is. But I just love the kills and everything in it because I think it's a good time. Um, and Jane Levy, who was in Don't Breathe, was also in the 2013 Evil Dead. Um, I just finished watching this movie not too long ago. Like, I watched it recently. Um, you know, it's... I had the same thoughts of it this time around as I did the first time I ever saw it. Because I only saw it twice, which was recently and then when it initially came out. And it was fine. It was good. It has some suspense, you know. Pretty gnarly scene involving a turkey baster. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, where this is my first time I watched it, and I didn't think it was, like, anything special or anything. I think it works more as a thriller than a horror, but there are some, like, genuinely, like, great moments in this, I thought. I just didn't think, like, it really came together all all the way. It kind of feels like a movie that's written backwards. <laughs> like, they had the concept, and uh, I have a quote here that that I read. I think it kind of summarizes the movie really well. So if Ben, you want to you wanna go and I'll get back to that? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I also kind of agree with you guys. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it since opening day either. I had a blast. I think I probably like it more than you guys do still. I had a blast with this movie when I saw it in theaters. Uh, I remember like the, just the energy of the theater being a lot of fun and it being like a crazy thriller. But I had not seen it since the opening day in theaters. I didn't even see it again in theaters. So this is my second time seeing it last week. And I still think it's really good. I think it's a really cool concept. Really well executed. Um, I think Fede Alvarez is a really cool up-and-coming director for horror movies. I'm excited for the sequel still. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm excited, I guess. But yeah, it's definitely not as great as I remembered it being. (laughs) I think even like when I chose it, I thought... Like I, I literally like went on Letterboxd afterwards, and I only had it at a three and a half, and I'm like, why did I choose this movie? Like, <laughs> so many better options I could have done, but whatever. There's always next year um, or like other times. Yeah, so the quote I found was, it's about um, just like horror uh, antagonists and stuff like that. Sometimes you naturally give them powers and make them more menacing than a normal person. So we thought, what if we do it the other way around and take his eyes out and make him a blind person? I feel like on paper that sounds kind of interesting, but he's not like he's like a he is kind of a super powered blind guy. <laughs> like he ends up becoming super powered blind guy in the end. 
because I feel like they were thinking about it, and they're like, yeah, like let's make him blind, and like that'll be like the premise. And they're like, wait, but then they're just robbing a blind guy. Like that's not scary. <laughs> they're like, all right, we'll give him superpowers then. They show enough of just like obviously, if this is a blind man that lives in his house twenty four seven, he's and he's able to walk fully and he's healthy. Like he's gonna know his way around the house. So I like. The, I, I really like the scene when he turns the lights off in the house. Like, that whole sequence is incredible, I think. Yeah. I think it's also one of the better, like, see- sequences ever shot in dark. The way they shoot it with, like, uh, like the white over it or whatever. Yeah, like, I love, I love when... I hate when it's supposed to be dark in a movie, but you can obviously see everybody. Like, I was just... When I, again, when I was watching Sleepaway Camp 2 with... Uh, Drake and Jake the other day, we all made fun of a sequence where, like, it's so bright in the shot, and some girl's like, I can't see you! Like, where, where are you? Hello? Where are you? And then Angela comes out and kills her. But, like, it's so well-lit. It's such a well-lit shot, yeah. where she's saying, I can't see a thing, and I'm like, this is stupid. Like, it's not that... There, It's obviously, like, a difficult thing to get perfect. Because even, like, people praise Silence of the Lambs. I think that's a great one, too, where... Uh, Buffalo Bill turns the lights out and he has the night vision on. But then there's a sequence where like Buffalo Bill gets like right up in her face and she has no idea that he's there. And like when when we're in her perspective, you can obviously see Buffalo Bill with the goggles and it's like how come she doesn't see that? Like what are what are we seeing right now if she can't see this? Cuz if she can see this, she can see him. Yeah. So I think this is the one case where like they get it near perfect. Like I love how dilated their pupils are the entire time. I love the one do you think they actually like, shot in, in the dark? They did, yeah. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> and then there's the scene, the scene where Stephen Lang is like five feet away from her and you can kind of see him. And he just moves like three steps back and he's just like submerged in darkness. And I really like that shot. Mm-hmm. But like even when he's moving around the house like at a quick pace, he's always kind of feeling the walls. The second they stop, he does like a quick sharp turn around. Like I like that it's not just he memorized the entire house and knows his way around without feeling like there's a lot of like things he has in specific spots to move around the house oh yeah about the lighting like the way they shoot it too is one of those things where it's like it's a cool alternative and i wouldn't want to see every movie do it like that but the way they handle it in this way it's like perfect given the circumstances i I do think what you were saying before jacob when we first watched it that like it's one of those movies where like every five ten minutes they're just giving you another shock I think most of them pay off well enough. Like, I think a lot of them are just kind of fun and exciting, but some of them are a little, like, silly and extra. The shoes are the, the, the I, worst I, one. The, sh- the shoe setup where they take... No, they they get to the house, and they're like, we gotta take off our shoes. And you're like, well, yeah, that's so gonna... You're like, that's gonna pay off. Like, <laughs> Also, like, they're like, oh, take off our shoes so we're quiet. It's like, if you're if that's your idea, like, don't come into the house with shoes. If you have to leave in a hurry... <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna want to put your shoes back on. What a stupid fucking idea! Yeah, like what? A, never have something that's gonna take more than thirty seconds upon exiting a break-in. Like what? Um, I think yeah, that is a really dumb one. And also, I I kind of noticed this while we were watching, but I didn't say anything. What happened with the sleeping gas? They put it in his room, and then he doesn't he doesn't wake up and say like, "You guys tried hitting me with sleeping gas." He just like hears some noise and he gets out of bed. But he didn't know gas to like he have a scene where he kind of like went to the floor and crawled out 
and then got back up and stood by the door again. He's a war veteran, buddy. He's used to it. It barely worked. It put him to sleep for five minutes, and he woke up. Yeah, yeah. That's all war veterans. <laughs> They're impervious to. Yeah, him. he's superhuman. He has the most epic voice ever. I don't know. <laughs> Some of his lines, the way his voice was, I don't know. It's just <laughs> super deep and just. Sounded like he was wearing. He sounded like fucking Bane in some lines. I'm like, oh my god. I do think the scene where they tie up Jane Levy to become like the next surrogate mother. That scene is like brutal to watch. When he like slowly takes his scissors and like slips off a little slit in her pants. I'm like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Yeah, I kind of feel like this movie is just built to shock. Like it just felt like a little too far. Where I was like, what's he trying to get at with this? Like, I don't know. I just don't know what his plan... I I honestly, like, I don't even care as much about how extreme it is with him just wanting another daughter. I hate the idea that he's supposed to, like, outside of this, he's supposed to be, like, a morally grounded guy. And he's like, oh, once you provide me with a daughter, I'll let you go. It's like, you're never gonna see your daughter again then. Like, are you <laughs> stupid? What do you mean you're gonna let her go? You think she's not gonna call the cops the second you let her go? No, you're not gonna let her go. Like, maybe he has some super secret plan to, like take off with the daughter and he's got like a different life set up or something maybe maybe that's the sequel i don't know but uh you guys want to get to spoilers i think we did already yeah we're at we're at spoilers okay what do you guys think of uh the fake out death with alex which one is it dylan Minette? yeah his name's alex i think yeah, which one though <laughs> he has two in the movie i forgot just the the one with the knife it's him falling on the glass there's him yeah yeah shot okay. and and there's the the big one at the end. The big one at the end with the knife. It's probably the worst one. I think it ends up being the worst one. It, it sucks because it it's not that hard to fix. It's one of those ones where it's like that's a really cool idea for the for a shock twist, but like it could have been done so much better, you know? To be a shock, like he was beaten up enough that like he's gonna be put out for a few scenes regardless. Like he was beaten to a pulp. So I was saying like it would have even been fine. If he was just kind of like tossed to the wall and like right, he like landed right beside Money's body. Money's the other guy that breaks in with them. And then like when Stephen Lane grabs the, the hedge clippers and like slowly raises them up, he could have just grabbed Money's body, used it as a human shield. And then I would buy that when he stabs Money again, he thinks that's Alex, right? Like if you can't see it, he knows there's a person in front of him. He can sense that, hear it, feel it. And then stabs a body through. But instead, like it, I, it just cuts to him just sitting there. And we're like, how did you get out of that? Yeah. It's just, I just want to know, like, how did he think... Because he, he's right over Alex, and then he looks like he puts them straight down. It's like, how did he put it, like, three feet to the right accidentally? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, though, it is just fun watching uh, Dylan Manette get his shit rocked. Like, he gets his ass kicked in this movie, and it was just hilarious. Yeah, Dillman, that's a great actor. Ben, isn't your yes, favorite does, horror buddy. movie have Dillman in it? He's the oh, king yeah. of Netflix originals. Love Netflix original, right? Open House. It's incredible. They love him over on Netflix. Open House. Yeah, if you guys want if you guys want to watch an absolutely god awful film, go watch Open House on Netflix. Yeah, I feel like this is the kind of movie where I had fun with it, but I also just didn't see the point of it. Where I was like This is very like dark and nihilistic <laughs> and like it's just kind of miserable. But it's just, like, a bit fun, too. So, I don't know. It's just a fun thriller, buddy, you know? Yeah. 
it was just a fun thriller. The outdoor sequence as well. Like, I like that she escapes, and it, presumably you're like, oh, yeah, like, she's good. Like, what could happen at this point with the blind man outside? But, like, I like that it keeps going for a bit. I do hate that opening minute where it, it shows him dragging her back to the house. But I think it's it's one of the dumbest examples of, like, starting the movie off at the ending where it has, like, no reason to be there. But it's also one of the better ones where, like, you can't really tell that that's Jane Levy. You just see him dragging a girl, and it's so quick and forgettable that, like, I don't even think Jacob remembered it by the time it came out. I remembered it seeing it and being like, oh, why would they do that? And then I kind of forgot it while we were watching the movie. But when I first saw the scene, I was like, that's stupid. I hate when the movies do this. (laughs) I feel like you you could almost take that first minute like him doing that to someone else before the movie starts but not necessarily like I, I think forward. the reasoning behind it was they were like you can't have a movie where you just rob a blind guy because we don't know who to root for like that was the problem during the movie they're like we're following the the robbers but they're supposed to be villains because they're robbing this blind guy we need to make the blind guy really fucked up and so they made him a killer and then they're like well we can't just wait 40 minutes to say that this guy's a shitty guy or not a killer, but this guy's crazy. Like, <laughs> I mean, he ends up being a killer, but like... yeah, this guy's insane, basically. So they're like, we need to like make people know that right away, so they don't care and they don't feel bad about robbing this blind guy. They have to be all in right away. I just feel like you can probably assume they know what this movie's about. Like they've seen a trailer, so like they know what they're getting into. Yeah, I didn't watch a trailer or anything for this, but yeah, but I also forced you to watch. Yeah. It. No, I'm just thinking, like, from a studio's mind, I think maybe that was the reasoning for that scene. Is they're like, you can't have them just rob a blind guy. Like, <laughs> he's got to be evil so we don't feel bad about it. Yeah, I feel like there's enough internal struggle with, like, Dylan Minette's character that we could probably just root for him, I guess. Yeah. That's why I kind of wish he he lived through it, because he was the one character that was like, I don't know about this. Like, I think we should get out of here. <laughs> and then he dies. So. I mean, I think you're supposed to care more for Jane Levy just because she's really doing it for her sister, but, like, they don't show enough of how harsh her life... It just seems like she's got a really shitty mom and, like, mom's boyfriend. Yeah, it kind of comes... And it kind of comes off more like she's just, like, very, uh, greedy. <laughs> to, like, we need to get the hell out of here. She's like, no! <laughs> I feel like I would like her character more if she wasn't dating money. Like, if, yeah, if money was just someone too. who got her into this way of life but you could kind of tell that she also likes dylan minette's character but they haven't started dating like you might feel more sympathetic for her but it kind of just comes off like she's just kind of a bitch also like why does she like i also like that like it's not i don't think it's supposed to be an interesting parallel but like she hates her mom and she hates her mom's like douchey boyfriend and wants to get her sister away to a better life but she's gonna take her daughter with money like what kind of life do you think you're gonna set up with your sister with money in california Money kind of ruins the film a bit for me. Just he's just there to take the first fall without people being too attached. Also, I think that um, they made the story in an abandoned neighborhood, just kind of because it's creepy. But like that's the one choice I feel like they made backwards that really worked out well. Because they're shooting off guns the whole movie, and you're like, why would no one notice this? And then you're like, oh yeah, they're in an abandoned neighborhood. Yeah, you kind of need that. I think they probably deliberately went in with that choice. Yeah, yeah, that's a smart choice. But I feel like it's funny. There's a lot of choices that feel like they were deliberately made because of the premise. 
They're like, well, we're going to have guns. We can't just have guns blowing off, killing people. So make it like a bandage. Yeah, I'm fine with that, though. It works for the movie. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a movie that works with its restrictions. It, also, kind of, it, it cool works ways. better, too, because at first it seems like it just benefits their favor of trying to break into this guy's house, but then you kind of realize, oh, fuck, no, this guy wants this kind of seclusion and privacy for this reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It works really well. It's like, it's funny because it seems like a deliberate choice that like happened because of restrictions, and then they realize, like, oh, that's something we can write into the story. Also, one quick scene I really, really like is I like when Dylan Minnette, like, hears the gunshot and comes back and then once he comes back into the house it, it's silly when steven lang walks right beside him and he doesn't hear or notice alex is right beside him at all that's one of the only cases of like yeah he really should have heard that if he's got super hearing or whatever but like i like that like right off the bat he's just like fucking bored up the windows like dylan gets back into the house and five seconds later he's fucking like nailing in wood to all the windows and like putting new locks on all the doors and like, dylan's like fuck why did i come back <laughs> like i'm locked in here now yeah that was like we were saying like it's written like every five minutes to surprise you that was one of the better ones though where you're like you're just thinking like oh why wouldn't these kids just get out of there and then they're like he boards up the walls i don't know <laughs> it's like yeah that's crazy i like it <laughs> it just seemed like a movie that every time i would think about something like the movie had an answer for it and it was really good <laughs> it's really funny because at the end of that scene, I did think, like, oh, well, they can just leave now. Like, who cares? Yeah. And then he gets there. And Which is another reason I think I don't mind that it's constant shocks. Because I feel like this is a, a smart enough movie where there's pretty much good answers for everything. It's not one of those ones where you're like, oh, what are you stupid people doing? Like, do this. There's probably always going to be a few in every horror movie. But I don't feel like I'm ever yelling at my screen for the characters to do something else. I, I don't know. There's a couple times where I was like, just fucking hit them. Like, you have a weapon. Like, what are you doing? Just hit him in the face. I don't know. It's pretty scary. But I think it's also believe. I think it's believable enough, too, in the characters that they wouldn't kill them. Like, it seems like Dylan Minnette isn't that kind of guy that would just stab him in the face. So, yeah, I, I agree. There were a couple times where I would be like, just kill him. But it makes sense, given the characters. Do you guys uh, have anything else to say about this one? You guys excited for uh, Don't Breathe 2 at all? Yeah, it comes out summer 2021, baby. I think it could be fun. Yeah, I really don't know where what they could do. So, like, did, like, no FBI or, like, any cops just, like, investigate his house? Like, did he clean up his house or anything like that? Like, what happened at the end of the I'm going to assume, like, they, he probably put a lock on the basement door. And then, or no, but they found him in the basement. So I don't know. Like, why didn't they ever do a sweep of the basement where the woman's dead? I guess, I guess his basement. Why like, are they like? Why do you have this cage far like... down? Like, I guess there's that whole big part of the basement. So I don't know if they do. If like, would they do a full sweep of his house if he just says like, these two guys came in, I killed them. But as I killed the last one, he like pushed me down here. Like, would they do a full sweep of the house? Like, I think they'd take that at face value. I don't know. I was even wondering, though, is there nothing on the main floor, though? Like, at the same time? Like, the guy's blood? Ever but that's what I mean. Did he clean up the blood from them? Like, how does he even know? Where Why the does he be? doesn't have to clean up the blood? They were part of the police report. What do you mean? He said these two people came in to rob from him. Oh, oh wait, wait, yeah. No, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. And then he's in recovery at the end of the but they're like, yeah. <laughs> you just think that they'd look at like everything that happened, and be like, 
this looks like a lot more happened. Like, there's, like, a broken window. Like, one, there's a couple broken windows. They're just like, what the fuck? Like, this was a simple break-in? You shot them? Like, what happened here? Like, there's a brawl in here. Yeah, he fucking messed them up. I mean, it kind of was that simple. Besides, like, omitting Jane Levy's character from the story altogether, and then the twist of him having the girl locked downstairs. Like, it would have been that much of a scene if we never found out about the girl downstairs, you know? Yeah, I guess. It's one of the things where I was like, damn, he's just... Could he get away with this? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised they never, like, looked into him when the woman who killed his daughter went missing. He was, like, obviously yeah, upset. Let's investigate this guy that lives... <laughs> let's investigate the guy that lives on this, like, abandoned house, on this abandoned street. Alright. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to say about this one. It was a lot of fun, but I thought it was kind of stupid. <laughs> but, like, stupid fun. It was a good time. It was, uh, I like movies that are, like, set in one location. And, like, like it, it was kind of written in a way that every five minutes, it's kind of a surprise. But I feel like in locations like this, you kind of need a bit of that subversiveness. But then it kind of got to a point when it was getting a little predictable. But I had fun. It just wasn't, like, amazing or anything. Yeah, I'd say it's a strong, like, 7.5 for me. I think it's super well executed. I don't think it's that dumb. I think there's, like, dumb parts to it, but, like, especially for the genre, I think it's pretty well thought out. Yeah. I I don't think it's, like, completely stupid, but there are some parts that just feel, like, a little silly. Just, like, his hearing, I thought was kind of annoying. You can never really gauge how, how much he can hear. Yeah, but is it as annoying as Daredevil's hearing? How come every time, like, there's a blind character... In something like this, they essentially just make it so that they're not blind. Like, I, I honestly kind of don't like Daredevil for that reason, where it's like, oh my god, he's so interesting because he's, he's he's supposed to be a blind <laughs> superhero. How can he see? It's like, oh, he basically has super sonar hearing though, so he can literally see. I'm like, okay, so he's not. Have you guys blind? seen like all Daredevil or anything? Okay, I'm not gonna say too much, but there's a scene later on where characters like finds out that he's blind or whatever. And like bitches him out, <laughs> or not that he's blind, but that he's Daredevil and bitches him out. And they're like, "You can see more than we thought you could." Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I just thought it was like the weirdest thing in a movie, where I was like, "What kind of movie like has someone bitch out someone for not being as blind as they thought they were?" <laughs> like the show, you mean? Yeah, someone's like mad because he's like, "You can see a little bit." He's like, I man, I thought you were completely I blind. I made it fuck? that far into season two. Yeah, I remember like laughing a lot and being like, "This is so bizarre." What a conflict. Okay. So, we're, we're done. We're done. Um, Halloween's over. I guess that's it for Halloween. Happy Halloween. Last ever, Hall- ha- last ever Halloween. Ever. Thanks for tuning in to our Halloween specials. I'm sure you have your own favorite Halloween movies, or maybe one of these ones was your favorite, and if that's the case then here's a little treat for you uh next week or the week after that haven't decided next episode is going to be a nice little double feature a sasha baron cohen double feature with trial of the chicago seven and borat 2 other than that follow us on twitter at utgl pod and follow us um, follow each of us on letterbox because we 
we don't just watch movies that we're doing on the podcast. We we all watch movies in our spare time as well. So check out our own personal reviews. Yeah, I actually wrote an, a little review for all of these movies. I was just like, I want to be prepared to talk about them. Um, I drop the usernames. Yeah, I drop the usernames of our letterbox in the description. So you can just go look there if you're a filmy person, a film nerd, and have letterbox too. Um, but yeah, that's it. Y'all got something to say? Uh, start your David Fincher marathons. Yeah, we, I've been saying it a little bit already, but you know it's gonna be the episode after uh, the Sasha Baron Cohen episode. So it's time to get on it. Halloween's over, but the thrillers aren't over. Yeah, there's there's a few I haven't seen still, so I'm excited to do a marathon. Never seen The Game, Panic Room, or Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, so... I'm, I'm excited to talk about them. I have a lot of notes, actually, for this one. It's gonna be good. Yeah, happy right, Halloween. Well, have a great Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. Hope you guys uh, have a cool, fun COVID take on it. Check your candy. Make sure there's no razor blades. Love you.